Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Well, today is December 19th, 2021, and this is the final show of The Spilled Tea. I am your panel moderator, Emmy Morgan, and we have one of our um, co-hosts, Joe Willis, with us. Hello. Say hello, Joe. Um, Good evening. Before... <laughs> Such a dork. Before we get started, I did want to play a clip from, um, I had invited Dallas, as you all know, uh, Dallas was a a, a co-host. I invited him to come back, just, you know, to say goodbye. He wasn't able to, but he did um, send a clip. So let me know if you can hear it or not. I can't believe is ending. Um, it's been such an incredible journey for you. I'm so proud of you and everything that you've done. Um, I'm so sorry that I couldn't be there today with you for your last show, um, but I wanted to let you know I think it's incredible um, that you've been able to not only do the show for so long, but to let people into your transition, um, to educate people about that, and to be so visible with it. I'm so proud of you. I know um, no matter what you do next, it'll be a huge success, and I'm always in your corner. Love you. Bye. Were you guys able to hear that? Were you able to hear that, Joe? I was able to, yes. Okay. So, yeah, that was, was that saying like... goodbye. Oh, um, that was um, one of my former co-hosts that I started this show with, Dallas, just saying goodbye. He wasn't, He's in Canada, so he wasn't able to come on the show, so... Yeah. It feels weird. <laughs> and that when I first heard that, I'm not going to lie, I, that made me cry because he literally made this whole goodbye about me. And I'm like, I did not expect that. I just thought he would, you know, say, you know, fun working and with you and blah, blah, blah. But he made it about me. And I, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Um so before we get into goodbyes and whatnot, why don't we do one last catch-up? Um, Veronica, how was your week? Um, I did something I needed to do. I got boosted. But it totally knocked me out. Yeah. It hurt. Yeah. So I'm still sore. It's weird. When did like, you get I've it? Gotten it? I got it on Wednesday. And I'm, I mean, oh, I'm okay, okay. But, like, it still hurt on my, like, right side where I got shot. Damn, Tylenol and everything. Oh my God, so much. Really? <laughs> That's, That's weird. Uh, huh? And it's like funny that the three shots I got—they were like all different symptoms. That's so weird. Was, was it a different like? Was it Moderna? Was it Pfizer? That's gone off. Pfizer, because I was going to switch it up and mix it with Moderna, but then I was like, everybody I knew that got Moderna was like a mess. So I was like, well, let me stick they, with what I know. The professionals did say if you mix it up, it was better, but I only found that out like 
I want to say Thursday of last week, Friday of last week, I was like, oh, well, why didn't you tell me that? I wouldn't have gotten all Pfizer. I mean, it's all good so, either way. It's just like, yeah, trust true. me, there'll be more boosters. You can mix it up next time. Like, right. Because people right. are still refusing to get vaccinated, so we're going to have to keep on getting boosted over here. Oh, <laughs> that is so true. Like, and it's not like they're just like, they're not just not getting the booster. They're... I know someone who has COVID and was like, yeah, I'm still not going to get the, the shot. I'm like, Ew. Yeah, because they, like, have a misconception that they could get it once that'll, like, protect them for the rest of their life. And, like, that's not how that works. And I don't know if you and saw, And then there's Joe, people that um, died, and they're, like, regretting it, but it's like... I don't know if you saw, Joe, but there, I, I follow the city of Boston on Facebook, and they were saying that there was a mask mandate indoors in the city. The comments, I'm like, are we living in, like, Hicksville? They were like, oh, then why get the booster? Why get the vaccines? And someone goes, to prevent you from going to the hospital, dude. I was dying laughing. It's just these people get vaccines for every other thing, but because this was made so quickly, they feel it's not going to be effective. Uh, no, it's not because it was so quickly. Be it's because it's quicker. so politicized. Yeah. Well, people have no, no idea what no, no. I've heard quicker. I've heard quicker. I've heard because Except it's been so quickly, we been don't know what's been for, like, a long, long time. But, hello, you know what? We you... had SARS before. And you know why? We, it wasn't a problem because they dealt with it. They didn't pretend it was going to go away with leech. But my thing is, our technology has advanced so much. You should feel excited that they came up with a vaccine so quickly. Not, oh, I don't trust it. I don't know what's in it. Are you fucking out it, of your It would mind? be great if they actually did come up with it. It would be great if they actually did come up with it that quickly, but they've been developing this technology for a long time, and all they right. needed was to sequence the, the DNA. That was it. Once they sequenced the right. DNA, then it was just a, it was a matter of basically clicking a few buttons to, to synthesize it in a, in, a, in a lab. It was not like... This is something that they just dreamt up and started working on once they found out that COVID became a thing. SARS has been around for a long time. They've dealt with it before. They've been studying it for a long time. Vax, you know, people that have been creating vaccines have been, have been looking at this technology and how to, um, how, to, how to implement it on a wider scale. And all they did basically was accelerate everything in terms of the timeline of getting it approved for emergency usage, but that outside of that, this has been in development for a long time. This is nothing that, that was just dreamt up overnight. And that's the problem. It's like there's just this general lack of understanding and lack of willingness mm-hmm. to try to understand willingness it becomes yes. so politicized. Yeah. No, it's a death call because I'm like, trust me, are they really questioning what's in, like, you know, Joe Rogan's vitamins and uh, no, whatever, ivermectin, the horse parasite worm killer? And bleach? No. no. But they have no problem taking that, which is not medically approved. Right. Why would you take bleach when there's a warning label on freaking bleach? Why would you take bleach cabinets but not something that could potentially save your life? I don't understand. Because, because something that'll the, kill the you warning label on bleach, because the warning label on bleach is put on there by the mm-hmm. government who is trying to kill you. That, uh, that's exactly. Um, that, Bath-ackwards mentality that people have dreamt up 
to essentially think that anything that the government says is some kind of nefarious scheme to either steal your rights or to kill you. I mean, it's, it, Got it. it's shocking that, we, that as Americans that there are people that really think this way, but they've been duped and they've bought into it and they've, uh, they, they're going to go down with the ship. They're perfectly content to do that. Congratulations. Yeah, they're I taking this with them. That's the thing. That's the problem. Exactly. Like comparing it to prostate cancer, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Is there is, is prostate cancer infectious now? <laughs> like, oh my so god. Nuts. Well, I'm just gonna let Darwinism take over, and <laughs> I, I'll let. I'll I let know, but 800,000 dead. Still too many people for my taste. With these people taking us down, you know. So yeah, sorry, we interrupted. You um you said you got the booster. While you were laid up, did you do any viewing or um, get stuff done? I don't know how how laid up you were. You were like you know just lazy and I mean, cleaning around the house. I was kind of rest, but like you know still have to yeah. do like the Christmas shopping and getting ready for that. And then um yeah. you know I have I got asked to direct a play. So it's been in, I did rehearse that, nice. and I'm also going to be in a play. So it's been actually nice. really in a lot of auditions because people are, like, cramming it in before everything shuts down again, I guess, and before the holidays. Right. So we're having yeah. a bit of a problem with the, the latest variant. Then messing things up. Wow. Um, okay. Um, and then, you know, watch lots of TV. Oh, go ahead. Like what? Oh, we can talk about that. Are we talking about it now or later? Yeah, we can talk about it now. Oh, okay. Um, did you guys talk about what you watched? No. Uh, yeah, we will. Oh, okay. We will eventually, uh, but we didn't write yet, yet. Okay, got it. So I watched the sec two two out of three parts of Get Back, uh, the Beatles documentary. Okay. So, like, it's really long, but it's really fascinating as an artist to see how the creative, like, it's nice to see them also having, like, writer's block, you know? And these are, like, the most famous, most, like, prolific people. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, did we talk about Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas? Mm, no, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know if you know about the Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. It got canceled. But, like, oh. a little too soon. So now they did a, a Christmas movie to kind of, like, finish it off. Mm-hmm. But uh, so much crying. Because, like, <laughs> if you, like me, who's been dealing with, like, holiday, like, grieving, because, you know, we're missing a lot of people this this winter because it's been a tough couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want a good cry and you're, like, the other, like, people deal with grief, like, fresh grief for the holidays, I mean, it's. Yeah, I would definitely check it out. Hmm. The music is not the best, and it's not as well produced as I, I remember being in the TV show, but it's still, like, the message is still really strong. Hmm. It's like, oh, oh, my God, so much crying. Um, oh, have you seen Yellow Jackets? It's on uh, mm-hmm. Showtime. Basically, like, the female soccer team, Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. It's really good, but it's frightening because it's got Chrissy Ricci and um, Juliette Lewis 
who like on their own are creepy enough, but the, the combination yeah. is amazing. And I'm like, my eyes could not get any wider. It's so horrifying. Oh my gosh. It's, I mean, it's really good, but it's like, don't do it before bed because you will not be able to sleep. I was like, oh my God, this is so horrifying. Cause no, there's nothing scarier than teen girls, teen high school girls. Right? <laughs> right. I was like, I was like having like triggered response from like being bullied by them in high school. Oh, my gosh. Because they're, like, the popular girls on the soccer team, you know? Yeah. Soccer but, yeah, highly recommend. the place where the popular girls are, but, um, okay. I know, like, well, I, I, for us, it was, like, <laughs> field hockey. Maybe that's but, a new you know, thing. similar. Yeah, yeah, no, like, in my school, it was, like, field hockey, you know? Um, and, like, the cheerleaders or whatever. Because they kind of did both, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know if you saw the hot mess of SNL last night with all the COVID oh my God, that was so bad. <laughs> that was so bad. Like, I did want to watch it, but I was like, I was kind of curious to see the uh, And I was like, because, you know, they had to cut their, their cast. They lost Colin Jost. But I was like, they brought in, like, Tom Hanks and Tina Fey and, you know what I mean, to no, sub in with Paul Rudd. No. And I'm like, I swear to God, SNL, you better not freaking give Tom Hanks COVID again. I would be so mad. I was like, why are you going to bring him, risk him? Yes, let's, let's bring in um, the guy, the first celebrity to get COVID to host Saturday Night Live. I'm like, what the hell? This is weird. I mean, I thought that was like, wasn't like funny. I'm hosting. Yeah. I mean, it was Four and was, a half. I don't know. People were having a tough time because they, you know, they lost their casting crew. But, yeah, it's, like, Paul Rudd's this time, and it's, like, more focused on, like, Steve Martin and, you know, Tom Hanks and Tina Fey. The weekend update was awful. I did not oh laugh once. It was uh, so funny. Was well, painful. me watching it, because it's, like, it was, like, me doing stand-up in front of these, like, you know, like, basement bars with, like, three people. That's what that, mm. like, whole vibe felt like. I was, like, oh, mm. all these people have money, and they still have to experience what I feel. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Really bad. But I was like, that was crazy. Huh. I mean, I watched other random stuff. Like, I was watching Sound of Music yeah. before I came up here because I'm on ABC right now. Oh. Okay. But, you know, Jerry and Joseph. Nice. Joseph, how was your week and what did you watch? Uh, my week was, was all right. Work is kind of yuck right yeah. now, but whatever. It is what it is. You deal with it and you move on. I've been probably people like having you stick with COVID. Uh, we are like like across the country at at all the different sites, especially like the mm-hmm. more people there are there. We have like these out outbreaks, and it's like mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, I, it's just really frustrating because we could just like send people to work from home, and it's just like. Right. We're refusing. Well, we're kind of refusing to do it right now because we brought everyone back, and it's just you know it's not. I don't know. We're 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 in this like weird limbo where the the right thing to do would probably be to send people to work from home again. The challenge is backing that train up at this point. It's just it's hard, and I get it. It's not an easy decision, but at the same time, you know, this is the repercussions. You now end up with a bunch of sick people. And you know, in situations where it might have been avoided, so 
Okay. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm still trying to muddle through it mentally. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Good luck. But, HR right now is like the worst time to be doing uh, it. It's, it, it's, it's not, it, this is not, uh, not well, it's, it is not what fun. I signed up for, but I think it's, this is specifically what I signed up for. So, um, right. it's all good. Work through it and, you know, find a way to, uh, to get, uh, to get people back to, some sense of safety and normalcy and you know and then you, you run into a new variant because you have half the people that didn't want to be safe and normal they just wanted to do their own thing so whatever um, outside of that um, you know pretty good week and um, yeah we missed you last Sunday <laughs> I know I want to I want to I, I did want to apologize I, I oh my totally god so, so it was, it's, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. Like, was it like, I, I, I fully apologize for not being on last week. That was, um, that was totally my bad in terms of, of, um, scheduling conflicts. But so last week at, uh, was my anniversary and we had gone away the weekend before, but in my infinite wisdom, I, you know, didn't think, oh my gosh, the 12th for my anniversary is on a Sunday and my actual anniversary is when the show, you know, like I, I, I don't know how I managed to, to botch that. So um, I apologize. It was, it was poor form. Oh my gosh. Stop it. I told you before when I was talking to you after it's fine. Don't beat yourself up. It's not, a, it's not, it wasn't that big a deal. I, I mean, but I did feel like cussing you out just because I haven't cussed anybody out in a long time. But um, <laughs> I know I enjoyed making up the reasons why you missed it. So <laughs> you figured I, because it was your because yeah because once we finished the call, then I realized it was your anniversary. I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah, he's probably making me. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. The, the the backstory to that is there there will be no making babies. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That factory is closed. <laughs> I'm saying you yeah. were there last week, so we get to choose what happened, okay? That's All right, true. it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'll, I, I I like that. I like where that's going. Uh, but, yeah. I so mean, that, I that, don't, that was, but um, whatever. Well, whatever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, basically, <laughs> that's basically what happened, and uh, it was totally my bad, but... Um, Outside of that, um, you know, just quality time with with the wifey and um, and Julia, and um, this weekend was was no different. Uh, I did get to go and watch my son coach his club volleyball team. It's interesting to watch my son now at the age where he is now taking an interest in coaching. So it's kind of cool to see that playing out. Hmm. Um, hmm. It was it was really really fun to watch him out there and um, just kind of in his element and and having a probably not as good a time as he would have liked because they got the crap kicked out of him but um, you know they they he's he's doing something that he enjoys and um, it's it's really nice to see that and see him you know see him as a um, you know kind of as a as, as an adult working towards something and, and trying to, uh, to guide <laughs> these youngsters into, you know, into their, 
their years of their prime in, in terms of their athletic, uh, their whatever their sport of choice is. So it's it's pretty cool to watch. Huh. I'm being out there and, and seeing it happen. Um, and then outside of that, just, you know, keeping up with Hawkeye and um, still, you know, working through Sopranos and, oh gosh, I'm sure there's other things that I've watched. I'm trying to think of, of all these things on off the top of my head. Um, I did watch Free Guy. That was pretty funny. Wasn't um, but, it you know, funny? It was funny stuff. I like Brian Reynolds. It, it was, was funny. good. Uh, and I'm yeah, usually yeah. amused, so. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's about it. That's it. Nothing too crazy. Nothing. Nothing out of this. Uh, out of this world. But you know, fun. The sun. Nice. Very nice, sir. Well, um, I don't know. My week was all right. Nothing too too special. Um, although I will say, um, not giving away any spoilers, we did film the season finale of season three of Forever in a Day. Um, you have to listen because there's so many surprises. I mean, oh I can't even, uh, I can't even tell you how many surprises there are, um, so, yeah, definitely listen next. I think it starts in February. It starts airing in February. Um, I'm also working on yet another project that will hopefully take shape and start recording next year and be released in June of next year we're shooting for. Um, and that project will be with the very talented and funny Veronica Dean. Um, let's see what else. And starring you. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, I've seen <laughs> it. So I'm interested. Um, and actually, Joe will have a role in it, which will be so funny. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. He has a Joe, yes, did you read on him? I'll force him. Oh. I'll force him. Ah. All right. I mean, I'll, persuade I'll, him. Listen, I've always said I'll give, I'll give anything a shot. Oh my god, I can't wait for you guys to hear that. <laughs> um another huge spoiler well not not spoiler, sorry. Another huge thing that I did is I saw um the latest Spider Man movie. No spoilers whatsoever, mm-hmm. but it is two and a half hours and I would suggest not going during opening weekend because the place was packed, all 40 showings, and, um, excuse me, people do not care if there is a pandemic, even though there is a way to sit a seat away from you. Uh, for example, there I bought two tickets for me and my nephew, and then there were three seats next to us on the end. Instead of purchasing the two tickets on the end, someone purchased the two tickets in closest to us and left that seat open on the end. I'm like, dude, move away. So I was kind of upset about it, but, and I had a plan that I was going to start coughing, 
when I sat down. But then when I sat down, I forgot that they were that close. And so I sat down and my nephew was sitting next to them. I was like, crap, I forgot. And then it was like awkward. I didn't want to get up. And I don't know, whatever. I forgot. My whole plan went out the door when I sat down. But it was an incredible emotional roller coaster of a movie. And yeah, everybody, if you are into the MCU, if you are in superhero movies, go see it. Um, definitely, definitely going to see it. I'm still watching the new Dexter, and I hate Harrison. I think I hate Harrison more than I hated Foul Mouth Deb because Foul Mouth Deb was just like brazen and she kept swearing all the time, like unnecessarily swearing. And it was just so annoying. Um, I'm not prudish when it comes to swearing, but she was just like over the top. I was like, calm down. Um, Harrison, I can't stand. He basically, after the original show ended and the whole premise is, you know, Dexter's living this like, um, kind of new life as this guy, Jim, working at a, a fish and tackle place. And Iron Creek or Ironwood, I forgot where he lives. It's, it's, it's predominantly Native American and it's ideal. It's like the ideal place to live. And Harrison comes, finds him and wants to live with him. But first Harrison guilts him. And so he stays. And then when... Dexter tries to, like, tell him, like, stay away from this guy. Stay away from this person. He's not listening. He's like, oh, now you're going to be a dad? Kid, kid, get the fuck out. You go back to foster care. I'm done with you. You want to act like that? Oh, my God. I'm like, I scream at my TV because I get so pissed how this kid is, like, written. He is so annoying. <clears throat> yeah, he's worse than Tom said. Um... I'm watching Power Ghost, and I think that's it. Oh, um, Insecure is coming to an end, so I'm finishing that. Um, the 4400 is really good. Everybody should watch it if you like sci-fi and drama put together. And I think that's about it. Oh, one more thing. If you want to laugh, now I typically like me if I'm wrong, Veronica, is it called situational comedy? Where it's like comedy that's like everyday stuff that yeah. you like find humor in. Okay. That's the kind of humor I love. I fucking love that humor. And this guy, his name is Matt Reif. He looks like a, back in the day, Joe and Veronica will know what I'm talking about. Maybe some of the younger people won't know. He looks like an Abercrombie model, but he is one of the funniest people. Oh, my gosh. Um, he's a, he got a special on YouTube called OnlyFans, and it's for – it's only for fans, but, of course, it's a wordplay, obviously. Check it out. You'll laugh. I promise you will laugh. He is so funny. And he actually, you know, if you interact with him on social media, he'll actually talk to you. And, um, but just don't Google him because he did something kind of bad. He did. What? He, you can't he not was on, say what it is. 
Well, when he was on Wild and Out, he was 19 years old with Nick Cannon. And Zendaya was 18. And the whole skit was to make Zendaya spit out her water or laugh. And he's trying to get her to, like, laugh. Like, he's pretending to be Nick behind him. And he goes, forget this. Hi, I'm Matt Rice. And he's trying to, like, sing to her. Oh, God. He walks up to her and grabs her face. And he's like, just spit out the water so that I can get your number. And I'm like, don't touch a woman's face, Matt, without permission. That's so gross. And everyone was like, don't touch her face. What are you doing? Oh, my God. And he's like, whoa, wee. He was 19, folks. He's 25 now. I'm sure he's learned his lesson, but it was super creepy to watch. Super creepy to watch. That seems so tame, uh, like, considering what other guys are doing to women right now, so. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's really funny. Um, I didn't think he would be funny, because literally he looks like a fuckboy. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this fuckboy's going to try to be a comic. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I'm, I'm, I have nothing else to watch right now. I guess I'll watch it. And I was laughing. So... I was pretty shocked. He made two trans jokes, which were funny. I will say that. And I was, like, impressed by it. And, yeah, he was, he he goes everywhere. But, um, yeah, so we didn't really have a topic. We were just going to say goodbye. But anything that you guys want to discuss that happened over the week that you want to discuss, it's just like a, Free for all, I guess. Start with Veronica. Anything you want to discuss? Um. Well, I don't know. You want to talk about Mr. Big? Oh <laughs> my God! It's been pretty I big. So glad they the killed him. Like the worst marketing ever. <laughs> they <laughs> the are. They, they pulled that ad so fast. They were. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. Like they are they've so got quick. Eleven percent. Stocked off because of how that was what happened to Mr. Big and mm-hmm. uh, and just like that, then yep. they did like a response ad and then mm-hmm. cool because there's a Chris allegations. <laughs> so if you don't know, Chris Noth um, is being accused. At first, it started at two. I think the number's like at like five now or something like that. I can't remember, but he's being accused of sexual harassment and one woman accused him of rape and it's like really bad. Some of it started at the height of his Mr. Um, Big career uh, in 95 and some 2004. Um, But here's the thing. Here's the most damaging to me. This is when I was like, okay, I believe it. Back in 1993, he dated Beverly Johnson. And you have to know who Beverly Johnson is. I mean, she was a famous supermodel um, from the 80s. Gorgeous, gorgeous, statuesque, beautiful woman. They dated for two years, and I never heard anything why they broke up or anything. Well, somebody dug into the court records and found out he hit her 
this is what she's alleging in court documents. She got a restraining order against him. He called her like 27 times. Um, he tried to assault her, but he didn't. And yeah, he was pretty much evil. And that that's what she's alleging. She alleged she alleged this in court documents, so it's like on record. But she did this back in '95, but it's just now coming out. So for the people that are saying, "Oh, these women are coming out," and right now, Beverly Johnson, I mean, she didn't come out with it back then, but she did the due diligence and she filed a restraining order against him back then. So after I saw that, I believed it. What's that? I don't know. It's just like, you know, being a New York actor, you hear things. And it's just like, from what I've seen and heard of him, he's always been kind of a jerk on set and everything. So, like, none of this stuff surprises me. He's kind of got that, like, homo vibe, like, this sort of, like, narcissist, you know, figures he can do whatever he wants, you know, that sort of attitude. So it's not surprising to me when it came out. It's not... um. It's not been the year for the for the privileged white guy. This hasn't been his year. <laughs> um, I guess I'm just, just surprised. It just for like so long. And then they just found it. I mean, I'm glad they're finally getting busted now, but it just sucks that yeah. they got to like all these women for all this time. I'm just surprised that with Harvey Weinstein and the other ones, that this didn't come out sooner. Like, you would think that everybody would feel empowered to feel comfortable coming out back then. And why kind of trickling out, I'm not understanding. But, and then um, his statement was like, There's like no consequence for these men, right? You know, Mm, one got to the True. Well, I think Chris is, um, is our... He's attached to the equalizer, I'm sure. I'm sure that's not going to stick. Um, it's so funny. A lot of people were like, oh, you know, I wish they didn't kill Big off so soon. Well, <laughs> do you still wish they didn't? Can you imagine if the show still had him and this was going on? Um, what I... What really irks me is when people say, oh, um, these women, they just took too long to come out. If you have not been through that, you should not say something like that. I would, my gut reaction was, well, why did they take so long? But I wasn't like, I don't believe them. You should believe victims. I mean. All I can say is, like, they became president and a Supreme Court justice. So clearly, it's mm. not easy. True. Exactly. I just, I don't agree with people when they say you should come out with it right away. You have no idea the trauma. And one girl, she tried to come out with it. She went and got a rape kit. She did everything she was supposed to. Nothing happened. So, yeah, what is she supposed to do then? Talk about it constantly? Why? And not for nothing, can we just all, just all say this? Typically, when a woman comes out with rape charges, she's judged. The guy isn't judged. She's judged. Whether it was yesterday or 20 years ago, she is always judged. Well, 
What were you wearing? Did you what? What did you do? Was it just regret sex? Like, it's always lays on the woman, and it's disgusting. But, uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on this? I don't know if you you've uh, read up on it or saw it. Um, I briefly saw something about it, and that's just. I mean, honestly, that's how much I care about it. Is I really didn't pay too much attention because number one, it's Chris Noft, so I mean, I don't really care. I don't have much skin in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, any time that these allegations come out, I, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm not surprised when we hear about these things, even though it may be years after the fact. Um, a lot of the stuff is kept hush-hush and just kind of swept under the rug, um, especially when it was bad, if it was years ago, um, before this became such a, a public outcry towards, you know, towards victims of any kind of abuse within Hollywood, um, but honestly, you know, how it affects his career or anything like that, I, I have no skin in the game. But I will say, you know, if he if he doesn't work again, oh no, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. Um, but you know, I don't I, I don't I don't know how many repercussions uh, someone's gonna experience when these things come out and there's you know there's this back and forth about whether they're true or you know just because someone filed a police report does that make it true and then it's you know then they just engage in this tit for chat where you know who knows what actually happened I'm assuming that there's probably some some validity to the allegations because you know because a police report was filed back then um, mm-hmm. and it's not like she made like a big public spectacle about it so um, I tend to I tend to lean toward more towards it's probably true, um, but it's Chris Knopf, so who really cares? <laughs> Oopsie Daisy. Yeah, his agency dropped him, but I'm just saying, I feel like people <gasps> forget and then they come. Ooh, damn, I didn't know that. That's yeah, but I'm just like, I'm, I don't know. Let's just say, like, Mel Gibson's back. Louis C.K. just dropped a special. People don't get, these white guys do not get canceled for long. And you know what's interesting you say that because they're the only two that I remember. Oh, and Kevin Spacey's sort of back. So there's like three, but Matt Lauer ain't coming back. Um, Harvey Weinstein ain't coming back. Um, there was something about Jeremy Piven, but he's still working. Um, I don't know. I just don't know, like... I don't know what the process is of like how some people can come back and some can't. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, the only saving grace is he was in Jeremy Piven was in a really shitty movie, but whatever. Um, yeah. And I think that, um, I don't know if the two of you agree, but I don't think that we should cancel cancel culture. What I think is that, we should not to, um, oh, you know, I had a, a bad coffee at Starbucks. No. Cancel culture is for canceling Mel Gibson, for canceling Harvey Weinstein, for canceling sexual predators, child molesters, uh, Josh Duggars of the world, not for somebody getting your order wrong at Chick-fil-A. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and also, like such a cliched phrase. Yeah, true. 
I just don't even think it's a thing. It like, I think it's a made-up thing for people to get upgraded. Yeah, I, I know, think like, it's a set about. I think it's a it thing, no but value. I think that some people try to use it to, like, they weaponize it. Like, like Dave Chappelle saying, oh, I've been canceled. No, you fucking haven't. So he's trying to weaponize yeah, but, it in order to, like, But he doesn't really believe it, which he's been sucks. canceled. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't really believe he's been canceled. No, he I doesn't. He's, he's just he's, saying he's, that. Yeah, he's just making a, a I, I, in my opinion, I think he's just making a joke of it and looking at it for exactly what it is. Like, oh, you've canceled me. No, you haven't. You, you, like, right. cancel culture, just the phrase itself has absolutely no, no intrinsic value. It's just a, a right. phrase that people toss around, like so many other cliched phrases that people use to try mm-hmm. to describe a scenario where, you know, someone gets their comeuppance. And frankly, right. you know, like, I think... I think that's the problem with with using a phrase like that, similar to some other phrases that get tossed around with this, you know, this casual, uh, you know, mm-hmm. effort to try to to try to make it a thing. Um, and I, it's frustrating because then it beco- it does become weaponized and it becomes like a rallying cry for people that want to use it as as some kind of uh, boogeyman. And it's not. Cancel mm-hmm. culture is a joke. Like someone, like Harvey Weinstein didn't get canceled. He got he got charged and arrested. Like that's not cancel culture. That's that's someone. I disagree. uh, He got canceled, meaning before when these allegations finally came out, no one wanted to work with him. He had to sell his company. His brother had to sell their company as well. Neither one of them is ever going to work again, whether they're in jail or not. His brother, I don't believe, is in jail, but he's not working. That's what I mean by cancel right, culture. Not like. But that's what I mean. That's that's not being canceled though. That that's, I mean that that's uh th- those are the consequences of of poor behavior right. and, karma. and and it's gross karma. behavior. Yeah. Right. I don't. I, again, I don't. Behavior. I don't think it's car- karma. Karma is this notion that. Uh, you know that somehow the, in the cyclical energy world that we live in, that things come back to you in a certain way. And, and again, I, I I bring it back to the law of averages. Bad shit happens, it, you know, to bad people. Bad shit happens to good people. And if you're taking a full accounting of it, it's fifty fifty. Fifty percent of the shit that happens to you is good. Fifty percent of the shit that happens to you bad. And it might vacillate a little bit over and above that number. But at the end of the day, if you if you tally up all the bad things that happen to you and that's what you're paying attention to, you're going to think you have bad karma. And if you tally up all the good things and look at the good things that happen to you and pay attention to those, you're going to think you have good karma. You know, it's I, I got a flat tire. I don't attribute that to karma. So right. like this yeah. notion that somehow the universe is making some kind of correction for your poor behavior is – I think it's giving too much credit to this, this, this ambiguous force as opposed to the actual things that have, have ha- happened that hold someone accountable in a situation, like the, the legal process working to its effect and then people recognizing someone as toxic because of their shitty behavior. I don't think that that's karma and I don't think it's cancel culture. I think it's uh, what we used to term is, is reality. And now there's just this coined phrase that gets tossed around casually for, for to try to explain it and to try to classify all these things into into one large group. But I don't think like John Gruden 
for all of his, the, the bullshit that he said and all the garbage that, that he put out in the universe. I don't think it's karma that he is not working in the NFL, and I don't think it's cancel culture that he's not going to be able to get a job. I just think that's good hiring practices. <laughs> like, who would want to hire somebody that says a bunch of racist, homophobic, you know, D-bag stuff? So that's why I say, like, I, I feel like cancel culture has become so cliched as a phrase that people use it to describe something that isn't really cancel culture. It's just the consequences of poor behavior. Um, I still agree. disagree (laughs) Because no, it's fine. Because if it was the consequences of bad behavior, everybody would suffer the same fate, but they don't. Some people get it worse and some people don't get it all. And so I, I don't know. I just, the personally me, I do believe in karma. I really do. I believe that the things that have happened to me in the past were because I wasn't a good person. And the things that happen to me currently are a character builder. And the good things happen that, well, um, but like somebody like, I don't even know who, I don't know. I personally think that karma and cancel culture took out the Weinstein brothers because we've seen other people like look at perfect example. Um, Michael Weatherly on bull literally had a person on his show, Eliza Dushku say, this man harassed me. CBS paid her off, but kept the show going. Explain that. How do you explain the fact that he's still on this network, even though he literally got a payout? Well, he had somebody, someone was paid out from his show that he harassed, allegedly. But that's, but that's like, exactly I, why it's not cancel culture. Because cancel culture would imply that this is something that's a broader theme as opposed to targeted. If it, was, if it was based on the notoriety of the person, which I feel like it is, the more notable a person is, the more public outcry there is, and the more there are consequences that the, the public feels they're owed. And that, to me, is, is the, the crux of cancel culture. People feel that they have the ability to shape these people's lives and to punish these individuals when it really just comes down to, you know, someone looking at, 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 at what the end result of this behavior is and saying, I don't, I don't want to work with this person. I don't feel like I should be spending money on this because I don't think the, the, you know, the public wants to, to pay for some kind of serial abuser. And with Michael Weatherly, it's like, that's cool that we can bring up these, these, these other examples of abuse, but that's not the head of a major studio. That's not somebody who is in this massive position of power. And while there are certain power dynamics that are involved, and I certainly am not minimizing what happened to Eliza Dushku, what I am saying is that people, people gravitate towards the sensational. And, that's, and that's the, that, that to me is the crux of, of cancel culture, and I'm using air quotes around it, is that if it wasn't sensational, people wouldn't be – they don't cancel bad behavior en masse. It's not, a, it's not a culture targeted towards the things that happen to be in the media in that moment. And that's why it's not genuine, and that's why it's not an authentic culture, number one, and why they're not actually canceling anything. All they're doing is, 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 uh, is a Salem witch trial. They're trying, to, you know, they're trying to do some public broadcast of, of their own weird morality that they're imposing on a situation, and it's not 
it's not changing. It's not moving the needle. It doesn't stop anything. It doesn't prevent anything, and it doesn't change the actual culture. All it does is, you know, have these people feel like they're they're part of this. Uh, I don't know this this mob of of angry people that are forcing this person into hiding and in, in, in underground. And I don't think that's what's happening. Um, I kind of see what you mean. It's more like, yeah, I kind of see what you mean, but I don't know. I still believe in. Well, karma let me ask you a question. Well, so. if, yeah. If you if you find a twenty dollar bill on the ground, is that good karma? I don't think that has anything How about to do with karma. I still don't think that has to do karma. How about you? No, you when I say karma, across the street, yep. across the street, an old lady across mm-hmm. the street, and yep. then you find a hundred dollar bill an hour later. Still don't think it. I know what you're saying, but I for so me, that's, why, that's why I'm asking. Like, what? Where's the causality? What is the causality that creates karma? Like for me, because you could literally um, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I was living in this place that was like it was very toxic where I lived, and the person that I was living with, um, the landlord and their partner, were just like really toxic. And as I was leaving, they were saying like really nasty things to me. But I wouldn't respond back. Mm-hmm. I refused. And as I was leaving the apartment, well, the house, it was a house, um, no one was there but their pets. And before I left, I just said, um, goodbye, and I wish you well. I just said it. Just Nobody was there. I just said it, and I left. And I got a text saying, you know, I'm glad you're out of my house. You know, you're um, such bad energy. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm gone. You know, I didn't say anything back. I just read it. And then I just kind of, like, phased them out of my life just so that I didn't have to see any more text messages. Um, They didn't contact me on social media. I just kind of cleared my, my aura of them. You know what I mean? Like, they were out of my life. Months later, I want to say, like, Three or four months later, maybe even six months, I talked to somebody who knows them, a, a mutual friend, and they're like, oh, yeah, they had it bad after you left. I'm like, what are you talking about? The person after you didn't pay rent, and he was um, a drunk. They got somebody new, and that person stole their identity, sold it on the dark web, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Wow. Holy crap. They ended up in court and everything. Sorry, Joe, but that is karma. That is their karma. That is their <laughs> but it's karma. it's not. Uh, okay. That's the, but the that's, that's of what la- I believe. That's life. I believe that that's their karma. Right. But that's the life of a landlord. And, and, and so what I'm saying is that because that suits the narrative of you taking the high road, if you take the high road more often than not and you see that other people, people don't, those people are typically shitty people to begin with. So, yeah. you know, that's why I was saying, like, shitty things happen to shitty people, but they also happen to good people. And we take these anecdotal examples of how these interactions play out to, to kind of suit that, that thought process that it could be related to karma. Like, 
if, if your behavior had created some kind of energy that had influenced how their path would go, that, you know, to me, that's, that's discounting the fact that you have the ability as a human being to take the high road and to be a good person because it doesn't matter what the impact is. It matters. It, it only matters that you've done the right thing. And if more people did that instead of applying some, you know, some supernatural force to it, I think we'd be all better off as human beings because we would recognize that we do have the power to control these things ourselves. And we often do control these things ourselves, but then we look to these other things as examples of how the universe is, you know, we're all random moving, bumping atoms. And somehow we've attributed these forces to things that, that it's not necessarily there. I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll probably never see eye to eye on karma, but. Um, no, we won't because think, Joe's the type of guy who's telling us that Santa doesn't exist, guys. That's what that's who Joe is right now. Well, I'm that what doesn't exist in karma. So what's that? And the and car, that I'm Buddhist, so we definitely believe in karma. The idea is that yeah. you do good no. and then you put good out to the universe. And yeah, don't know, worry. Well, Joe thinks that the the Santa Claus doesn't exist. The Easter Bunny doesn't exist. Who else doesn't exist? Though the Tooth Fairy doesn't exist either. I hope Julia isn't listening right now. Jerk. Uh, no, she she's not. She's not. But the, but good. But that's kind of the reality of it too, though, is that we 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 use those things as uh, as as kind of safety mechanisms for ourselves. But at the end of the day, it's it's all self determination, self determination, and uh, like that's probably the one thing about Buddhism that is a challenge for me is is thinking that um, that somehow these things are cyclical enough that if you put enough good out into the universe, that it's going to erase enough of the bad. And I think that intrinsically as human beings, we are, you know, we're inclined to try to get along to a certain degree, but there are so many bad people out there that don't want to get along and will never get along that I, I, I don't know how we can attribute that to some kind of karmic force that is. Well, karma you know, does not is, erase bad. The idea is you do determine your destiny. <laughs> And you determine of just by being a good person and doing right. good right. to hopefully spread good. Your own, your that own destiny. Bad. Correct. It is, yeah. But you also affect other people by doing good, right? So the, it's Correct. not that you erase that. It's that you want to live the best life for yourself and the, right. the, the people that you impact. Because every, all exactly. life is interconnected. <clears throat> but the, so then the implication would be that by M doing a good thing and being a kind person in that, in that exit, that it would have put enough good out in the world to help hopefully shape their future in a good way, and it didn't. Well, no, because they well, might affect the them. Right? If bad they're bad, they're just gonna. If they're bad, yeah. bad things are gonna happen to them. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. Yeah, I don't know. But but good thing if you do good thing for good people, then you'll help each other, right? Or mm. if there's people that are on the like the brink or like on the edge of being better good, hopefully you help them to the good side, right? Yeah. I think if you, I think if you live like paying it forward and, um, and hoping that people are always going to pay it forward, it's where the disappointment lies. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you can only control yourself and hope that it yeah. helps the rest. Exactly. Like that right. exactly. you live the best life for yourself and do good and don't harm others. When I pay for Agreed. other people's food at um, drive-thrus, 
it's not because I want somebody to do it for me. I just do it. Like, I don't care. Maybe I'm making someone's day. I just do it. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there shouldn't be I, expectation of some more no. reward. If you, just, you know what I mean? No. I mean, it would be nice to save up my karmic bank and, you know, start dating Chris Evans, but I know that that's not a reality, so I'll just do it. I just, you know, I have extra money. I'm going to do it. Period. That is very um, So, like, yeah, because Buddhism is, like, not you. more, I mean, more philosophy of the religion. It's just more like a guidance of how to yeah, be a better person and live a better life. Yes. Can't Joe. Stop trying to take down our this religion. Jerk. I, I can listen. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Buddhism. I think Buddhism is, as a, as a philosophy is, is brilliant, and I think it is extremely helpful in terms of how to live your life as a, as a good human being. I told you that yeah. the only thing that, the only thing that I have a drawback about is, uh, in, in terms of uh, Buddhism, is the idea of karma in general. Well, I think yeah, well, because they want to, you know, whatever, but. It's not, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, well, Tina Turner would disagree with you, Joe, okay? But I'm not going right, to say when bad things happen to bad people, I'm not, I will enjoy it as much as I can. So that's yeah. why I don't, <laughs> but it's not like a karma thing, but I like to say it's karma. Um, <laughs> so, Joe, what topic would you like to discuss before we head out? We'll do a round table, I guess. Um, <laughs> what topic would I like to discuss? Not, 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 um, nothing too, nothing too volatile, I guess. Um, no, I would, I, I guess, um, the thing that's really been sticking out to me is kind of like the, the last bastion of hope or, um, you know, at least for me as a, as like a voting American is like voters rights. And mm-hmm. um, the effort to, to to try to expand the opportunity for, well, I should say there's there's two opposing efforts that are going on. There's one to try to expand voting rights to people, and there's you know there's another equally and you know perhaps um, maybe it's not equal um, force in the opposite direction, trying to limit the ability for people to vote. And um, I think that is probably one of the biggest crises that we face as a country right now, um, especially heading into the midterms and heading into a presidential election in 2024, where we may see, you know, Trump throw his hat in the ring again. And that seems like it could be pretty likely at this point. Mm. Um, so yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm really frustrated that we have not gotten behind some kind of national voting day where it is a national holiday. People have the day off. They have the ability to mm-hmm. go and vote. And they have the ability to do that in more locations, not fewer locations. And they have the ability to do that without, um, you know, having, uh, you know, having these uh, ridiculous hurdles placed in front of them at every step to try to, to try to vote. Um, I think that's, you know, getting some kind of civic engagement is, is critical. And I think part of that also comes from we need to educate people better and make sure that they understand the process. They they need to understand how government functions at a higher level than what we do right now. And so many people do not. So many people do not understand. And that's why they. I think most people don't take the threat as seriously as they need to right now, because they don't understand why some of these institutions are crumbling, and why that is represents such a problem for these so-called patriotic Americans 
um, who think that uh, America should be one way. And what I don't understand, and I'm just going to, now I'm on my soapbox a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. if, you are, if you are conservative, right, and you have this opinion that, you know, and conservatism in, in, in kind of a nutshell, and I'm, this may be a gross oversimplification, but I'm going to do it anyway just for the point of, of, of the argument. Conservatism in general just means that the way things are is the way that, like, change is not ne- necessarily good. And that keeping things the way that they are and keeping, keeping things as, uh, as they have been is the, the, the in, in terms of the status quo, is the best way to govern. And it doesn't take into consideration change and adaptation and evolution of you know, people and populations and, uh, and economies and all of those things that uh, are a reality of the world. And so the frustrating part is that, you, you know, on one hand you have people that claim to be conservatives and then their, their champion is a person who is, whose sole function was to blow up the system. Mm. How, does that, how do those two things align? And how do those two things align in a way that people have been able to have been able to make peace with that in their in their argument? Just because someone puts and and this is why I think the problem is the the simplification of just putting a letter in front of someone's name, where if it's an R or a D, people assume that they fall within a certain category and then they just vote blindly. But if the if the mm-hmm. if the true nature of conservatism is not to blow things up and you know, the, the champion of that is someone like Trump, whose only goal was to try to blow everything up and, you know, essentially strip the federal government of all powers, then mm. I, I don't understand how you can claim to be conservative at the same time. Right. And, and well, number I two. don't know. Me, uh, there's a difference between conservative Republicans and Trumpers. Those are mm-hmm. different things. They're not the same. Yeah. Trump's are nope. fringe. They weren't necessarily like Republicans. A lot of them actually registered Republican because of Trump. They weren't registered Republican mm-hmm. before him. They look at his family. They couldn't vote for him in the first election because they were like registered Democrats. They're just like a fringe faction that took over the other ones because the conservatives like McConnell thought that they could control him because he's so dumb and crazy, right? But then they found out they couldn't control crazy and violent. Yeah. And now that's kind yeah. of like swallowed up by their greediness. Yeah. And I guess there's a side of conservatism that like favors like, you know, like the, 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 the free market. And I, I can see how someone like Trump might be a champion for those people because they, they picture him as the ultimate entrepreneur for some reason. But again, they're ascribing qualities to someone that's an ultimate, ultimate entrepreneur who is, the exact opposite of that. Someone who has failed so many times in so many different endeavors doesn't make them a successful entrepreneur. Um, it just means that they have found creative ways to keep infusing their shitty ideas with cash, whether it's from daddy or from banks that they then, you know, hoodwink or from banks like Deutsche Bank who, you know, doesn't, doesn't mind signing a deal with the devil knowing that it, it's, you know, it's going to be able to, to make some money off the deal. Like, I, I think that's how people have conflated success in this country and understand it to be something that it's not. Um, and this person is like, a, it's, it's like he's still a gold-plated piece of shit. 
I, I don't yeah. know how else to, to describe it. And it's really frustrating right. that that's right. the champion. He pretends that he's rich, but he's actually not rich. He's not, not rich. You know. And it's all come to roost because people are now collecting the debts that they're owed. So that's why yeah. he plays three kids. Man, that's what happens when he doesn't want the taxes to go out. Yeah, that's and why. And excitement in New York. There's like a rumor exactly. going on. Exactly. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's like, that's why he's been like Let's flipping hope. out on his memo from his state president office. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's funny. And Veronica and I would say he's getting his karma. So. There, Joe. Name your face. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly life. what it is. Car- karma, exactly. I mean, he did bad things. His bad things mocking tone. I mean, tone. He did bad things for decades and became the president of the United States. How is that exactly. karma? But you know, also stems from the fact that you know. His family is really awful. Yeah. It's not like everything that happens to them is great. I know, but that's great on a public scale, and that's, like, the thing that's driving him the most, because he cannot stand being a loser, and now he's, like, publicly a loser forever, a twice-impeached loser. Yep. Twice-impeached loser. And he lost Twitter on top of that. These are things that actually hurt him. He didn't want to be president. It's the, the the public attention and people to love him and think he's like a winner and that he lost all of that. And he didn't lose all of it. There's still plenty of people that call him a winner and still think he's a winner. There's still plenty of people you know that will You know his last uh, event? Apparently they were selling tickets for like $3 or giving them away because he could not <laughs> Three $3. It's like everything. He's like, that's why he's like on the bender. That's the equivalent of being in a Walmart $5 below, Ben. Like, literally. Oh, my God. That's so and funny. And people didn't know, actually, you know, his big rallies that he had during the campaign? Yeah. I, because I'm an actor, I was getting castings for to be one of those people. <gasps> <laughs> and it was, like, every state that he would have a rally. He needed, like, minimum wage people to pretend to be supporters. Amazing. That is amazing. It's all oh, smoke and so mirrors, people. I wonder if it was how many there, people were actors. And this is what happens when your mommy and daddy don't love you. Yeah. You know? You become this not. crazy darkness. Burn the whole country down just to, like, be a winner and be loved. Yeah. That is hilarious. Did not know that. Um... I'm trying to think of a topic that I would want to talk about. Um, I got to balance. Oh, I started out. watching Coming Out Colton. I started watching Coming Out Colton. Oh, okay. Um, got to tell us that. How, what do you yeah, think of that? that? I don't know that. What's up? What is so, that? I don't know. Coming that. Out Colton. It's um. Colton Underwood, he did a reality TV series about coming out as gay. And it's a Netflix special. It's um, eight episodes. I got through it in, like, one day. I went into it thinking, because I watched his season. Not only did I watch his season, I watched Hannah Brown's season that he was in. 
of The Bachelorette, and then I watched his season. Um, my thing on that, I guess this can be my topic because I have nothing else to talk about. Um, my thing is when he came out as trans, or, oh, my God, when he came out as gay, not trans, um, when he came out as gay, I was like, He's not. And then I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. I think I talked about it before. He hopped a fence, did all these disgusting things. And I think, actually, did you and I talk about it, Veronica, last week? I think we did. I don't I'm not sure. Anyway. But um, it doesn't excuse the things that he did to Cassie because, I mean – he and he admitted it too. He put a tracking device underneath her car. He sent her really um, misogynistic text messages. Like he was horrible. He was horrible. Let's not let's not mince words. But to explain why he was like that is because he was so deep in the closet. He felt like she was his last chance when she rejected him. That's why he hopped the fence. That's why he stalked her at her freaking hotel, which I was so, at the time, I kid you not, go, I don't even know if I had my Twitter then. I think I may have gotten a new Twitter. I was like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> I was literally like, this is insane. And then she even was like, I don't want to go in and meet your family. He goes, come on. I go, she, this girl seems like she's forced into this relationship. And then he put up this post, and this is when I unfollowed him. He put up this post when they were together, and it was a picture of them two on the beach, and underneath it it said, hashtag love wins. And I'm like, absolutely not. That is not a hashtag for you two. Behold, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was for him, not for her. This series coming out, Colton, is all about that him coming out, they went in depth, Veronica. They went, they talked, his, her friends, they have mutual friends. Her friends went after him and was like, listen, we're your friend, but what you did to Kathy was disgusting. And he got dragged for film. And you see him come out to his mom. You see him come out to his brother and his father, his fucking hot father, by the way. Um, Jesus Oh, my God. His dad is so hot. His dad is like the hot hillbilly. Oh, my God. But not Ew, in like a... This is awful. But not, more like a country guy, not a hillbilly. His dad's country, not hillbilly. I should say that. Though. But his dad is... He's like, the, like the poster boy for, he's like the poster boy for Cabela's. Shut up. Um, that didn't make it better. No, I know. That's, that's, that's like, exactly the point. Imagine... Uh, Imagine if Brett Favre was his dad. <laughs> you bastard. You uh, bastard. Um, did you notice? You noticed this, but did you notice? And Joe and I can talk like this because, again, I've known this kid since sixth grade. Um, and I've been gay. I don't know how long. How long was I out for, Joe? Like, the day he met me, he knew I was gay, even in sixth grade. Anyway, <laughs> before we even knew what gay was, he knew I was one of the girls. Um, Colton was with his gay friends 
did you notice he had the gay accent? So this like, you know what I'm talking about? And I, I didn't get through the whole thing yet, but um, this is this is the thing that I took away from it. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I certainly don't want to discount his journey. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it seemed very contrived. And what I mean yeah, by that all is the that... All reality shows are contrived. Like, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So... So that's that's what I took. I took like, this is somebody who who I think learned a lot from being on The Bachelor, and mm. what that means in terms of the reality experience, and uh, and and now has parlayed it into this this um, this new kind of persona. And you know, I'm certainly not questioning whether he's actually gay or not because I I do believe that that's that was a, a truth for him that he really struggled with trying to get to that point where he, where he now accepts that about himself and then now could talk about it. But part of mm-hmm. it was like, he was talking about these experiences in like high school and how like, you know, he channeled this, this, you know, suppressed emotion into why he was so good at football. And I'm like, dude, that's not what happened. There's, I, I, that's, that's not what happened. I mean, there there may have been some element of of aggression that every every teenager experiences that that played into it, but I don't believe it was because there was like some suppressed emotion. Uh, I, I feel like at at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. We're all a bunch of lunatics and 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 you know like a, a ball of emotion. We, we, you know, we we don't know what which end is up. I, I, I found that to be a little bit contrived in terms of the explanation for some of the behaviors. And I feel like that's also part of, uh, part of why I don't necessarily put much stock and that's why he went off the deep end and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and started acting a fool and like, uh, in someone's car. Yeah. Like I just, to me, it just yeah. seemed like it seemed a little bit disingenuous that this, all of these things can conveniently be explained by the fact that he was closeted. And uh, to me, I think it's insulting <laughs> to people that really have truly had that experience of, of struggling with what their, you know, what their, their true sense is, their, their true self is. Um, to me, I feel like it was like, I, I don't know. I feel like it, it, it was kind of insulting to that experience because of the fact that I didn't necessarily, I, I wanted to believe that this is what really happened to him, but it was very hard to believe that, you know, that he lashed out in this weird way uh, towards a contestant on a, on a, you know, on a, on a reality show because he was closeted. I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it didn't really match. It didn't align very well for me in terms of why the behavior was, you know, was happening. So, and maybe it's true. I mean, maybe, maybe all these things are accurate. It just didn't seem believable to me. Um, well, I'm going to have to disagree again because I never did what he did. See in later season and later episodes, Fran Drescher's husband was gay from day one, the day he met her. And when they were getting a divorce, the shit he put her through, simply because he felt he did not want to tell the world he was gay was worse. So um, I believe that people do shitty things 
Um, even her friend, even Cassie's friend was like, yeah, I did some shitty things when I was straight because I was dating women and I didn't want anybody to find out I was gay and I did some really shitty things. But Colton, you did some really shitty things and I want to tell you that. Um, I'm not saying that yeah, people don't I, do shitty things when they're, when they're struggling yeah. with, you know, with any, any kind of emotional baggage that they're dealing with. Right. What I'm saying is I think he used it as an explanation to try to explain away bad behavior that I don't think was necessarily related to that. It didn't and seem that's like... that's the thing. That's where I had, a, had an issue with it. I think there are plenty of people that deal with, I, with, with things... Go ahead, sorry. No, I just think he was trying to explain why he did it. I don't think he was trying to make an excuse for why he did it. And it's such a hard line to... How, and this is the thing that I was getting frustrated with when I was, like, looking on Twitter. They want an answer as to why he did what he did. He gives an answer, and they're like, no, that's an excuse. What the fuck do you want? He's telling me, like, do we all agree? Absolutely not. We don't agree with what he did. What he did was shitty. What he did was awful. What he did was stalking. He's explaining why he did what he did. Like, he's not making an excuse. He's not saying, guys, it's just because I was gay, you know, give me a pass. He's not saying that. He's just saying, I was a horrible human being, and this is why I did it. I mean, I'm not the one to forgive him. Cassie is the one to forgive him. But I just think that when somebody explains themselves and you want an explanation, then just listen. But then, like, I, I go on Twitter and people are like, no, I don't believe him. Well, then what the fuck do you want then? Do you want him to explain why he did it or do you not? I was getting so frustrated. Actually, the, the day I finished, I was not on Twitter that day. I was so upset. Just, like, not upset for him, but just upset that people are never fucking satisfied. Like, ugh, it was driving me nuts. I don't know, Whatever. That's just, that, that I, I agree. So People much. are never satisfied. Never. Never. And it's like... There's never a good enough answer. Reality TV. Not just reality TV, though, but, like, in everything, there's always something people pick apart. Always. And it's just like, can we just enjoy one thing without somebody playing, quote, devil's advocate? Like, fuck, you, pro- you guys would probably have a, uh, something to say about Mother Teresa when she was alive, like, if she was alive right now. Not you oh, guys, yeah, I already but like, in general. No, people have already complained about Mother Teresa. So annoying. So annoying. Like, just shut up. People have a lot of things to say about Mother Teresa before she died. Yeah. Yeah. People just need <laughs> attention. Joe, shut up. And, and um, but you know what's funny? The people that were saying this stuff on Twitter, the second you judge them, they get pissed off. Well, like, live your life. Okay, but you're judging someone else. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. And that's why we're still um, Yeah. Got exactly. their own opinions and a lot of them wrong. Exactly. So, for our final Eva Mendez moment and shout out. Take it away, Veronica. Mm, well, it's been an honor doing this show with you. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. 
not a problem. So, 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 so you're going to be busy you. in 2020. Hopefully. Too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah, anymore we'll be. between, you know, losing the democracy, <laughs> the planet mm-hmm. is, like, getting destroyed. My roses started blooming because the climate change is, like, a mess. Um, mm. And the pandemic, I don't know. As I say, everybody live your life, man, because it's short. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen next year. It's such a mess. And it's all because of stupid, selfish people. It's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that, you know, at least we get, you know, our hour every week. So I'm going to miss that. We'll hopefully can continue otherwise in our private lives or if you want to do it somewhere else. In the casual yeah, more fun. But I just want to stay in touch because I'm like, I miss talking to you every week, the two of you. So it's been a pleasure getting to know you. And, you, and hopefully when the pandemic comes down, when you come visit New York. Because we would have a lot of Oh, people. yeah. Love it. Joe, come pick me up. Oh, jeez. Here we go. Chauffeur Joe. I'm on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how far are you from Boston? Because sometimes I go to Boston and Cambridge. Um, I'm only half an hour north of the city. Two hours west. With traffic, it's two how hours. How far? Oh, wow, with traffic, far. it's okay. two hours west. With my <laughs> lead foot, it's an hour and a half. <laughs> no traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I got left foot. I've made it to Boston in an hour. <laughs> My God, Joe. Western Mass? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I've done it. I've done it on multiple occasions. But yeah, shout out to you. Uh, and of course, Casey. I love Casey. Can't wait to work on our next project together. I know. It's going to be shout so fun. I cannot wait. <laughs> I know. It's so much better than just like that, right? Oh, my gosh. Like, ten times better. We have to tell... Uh, wait, we kind of told Joe already, but we'll tell him. Um, it's like a better yeah. thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Like, way better. First More all, diverse. diversity, not so good. First, diversity, <laughs> not so good. We both said the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, now we got token white We have token white. It would be like token um, white. Well, oh, and then uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. So, um, we are so excited about it. I don't, I don't know if actually you guys don't even know this. Casey wrote nine episodes in like, I want to say two weeks. He just kept going yeah. and kept going. Like he, he was yeah, like, he oh my god, script. I love this like, show. He kept fire. going. Yeah, and so I'm like. Okay, I want to write a script, but at the same time, I'm not trying to stifle this man. So, yeah, he, he kind of went on a, a writing – he loves writing for the show, the characters. It's set in I L.A. Film it's it. totally different. I wish it was just a podcast. I know. I know. At least maybe a teaser? Well, if we had a budget, we'd be able to film it as a web series. But It would be a really good web series. On. Yeah, it would. And I would love wearing the clothing. We have a whole folder. I know. Like, this is a tea. Me and Casey have a whole folder of, like, inspiration. 
like what each character like is wearing, and that folder is like jam packed. Oh, speaking of which, so um, remember how I told you about ThreadUp, like a designer clothes for cheap, mm-hmm. like, a, mm-hmm. like an online shop. Well, I just found out, yep. and just like that, was getting like their Gucci and some of their designer stuff from because they had trouble finding it. Yeah, for, like, because you affordable. think about it, they're gonna like borrow it. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah, so sense. they went on thread. Oh up, yeah, I saw. That was awesome. I saw yeah. House of Gucci too. Ah, <laughs> uh, how was that? Do you have like some sort I'm of like, Alzheimer's? <laughs> like, what's going on with you? Was Gucci Russian? <laughs> I wasn't clear why Lady Gaga um, was Russian. <laughs> I, you know, so I, I thought um, I, I went and saw it with my wife. I, I thought it was mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Some of some of the accents seemed a little off. Like even Al Pacino. Like I was like, what what the hell is that accent? I I, I I was a little confused, but anyway, aside from from the accents being a little wonky, I thought it was good. It was entertaining, and um, you know, the 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 murder itself was was like it was big news. I mean, it was it was mm-hmm. something that um, you know was was pretty public, and um, but hearing like the backstory and all of the 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 dynamic between the relationship and how, you know, how it was described in the movie. It was, it was, I thought it was pretty well done. I thought Adam Driver did a good job. I thought, um, I, 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 I thought Lady Gaga did a good job. I thought, um, you think so? Some Oscar nominated? I don't. No. Okay. I don't No. There's okay. a chance that she might, but I don't, I don't see how, um, partly because of, uh, I th- I think her portrayal was over the sound, top. but I think that, well, no, I don't think it was over the top. I just don't think it was like a real dynamic performance. Um, but anyway, that's just my two cents. Who knows? Who the hell knows what the Oscar committee thinks? I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll probably give her a nod just because it's Lady Gaga. Yeah, I mean, she got one for Starsborn, so. But that was really good. That was a really good movie, yeah. But who knows what will happen with House of Gucci? That's, who that's knows? my Lady Gaga accent. Oh, no, <laughs> Joe. House of Gucci, yeah. It's, I mean, it was... You sound like Borat, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling my you. My favorite, though, that she said she, like, immersed herself and, like, learned that accent for, like, you know, months and months and months. I'm like... Who did you learn it from? <laughs> Veronica. I mean, it was sweet drag. I don't think it was as bad as Al Pacino. And Al, and Al Pacino, uh, I, I felt like, what was this the show that um, where they were like the, um, they were the killing Nazis. Um, shit. It was on uh, Amazon oh, Prime. Um, something Hunters. Something Hunters. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hunters or something like that? It was that was a really good series, but they had um he had a he had a, his accent sounded like like his Jewish character in that way more than it sounded like an Italian accent. What oh, it was just regular Italian. Like yeah. why are they not doing Italian? Yeah, I thought accents? they were <laughs> Italian. <laughs> They're doing like everything but Italian. But they uh, it was so weird. Specific Italian accent. It was very disorienting. Driver is, I don't think he's Italian. I, I don't know. I'm confused. Well, not him, but like Pacino and Lady Gaga, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they are Italian, yeah. I, I yeah. Thought, yeah, so I expect them to have authentic casting. Yeah. Mm, okay, whatever. 
Um, anything else did you see, Joe? Because you're having like a memory gap here. Like he's, I don't know. He's coming out like of, oh, wait, it. I saw this. I feel like that might be it, but who the hell knows at this point? Well, Cowboy Bebop got canceled, so I've been trying to watch that. And I thought it was fun. Yeah. I was too hard on it. I thought it was really fun. I love the style of it. Oh. And I love John Cho, so whatever. Yeah, Dad, I want to watch Dad that, too. Amazing. He's a fan of the anime, um, so I'd love to see it. Well, after a purist, I'm um, because it's like the hard show the ones that canceled it, because they're like, oh, it's nothing like the, you know, I'm like, it's hard to do live action of anime. I'm oh, not a, I'm not a purist like that. When you go see Spider-Man, there is a mid-credit scene, so stay for that. <sighs> There's only one. There's only one. So. There's not an end credit one? There's not an end. No. There's just a, a mid-credit. Just like the names are going to go, and then Spider-Man, and then there's going to be a, a, another scene. And then after that, it's you're good. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Forgot to say that. Um, yeah, I thought they usually do three post-credits. Well, this is also supposed to be the third and final because it's like Homecoming, Far From Home, and then uh, No Way Home. So it's supposed to be the third and final. I personally think that this movie's going to, based on, you know, just the sheer volume of people in the theater, um, I think it's going to generate a fourth Spider-Man. Um, yeah, because the producers are saying that they're making more Spider-Man movies. Cause it's like this, was the third highest, this was the third highest opening in history. Yeah, so I don't think that they're going to stop. Like they're like Tom Holland, Holland Spider-Man is young. That is so weird. But hey, they got masks on, so I mean... Fine. No, but that's the thing. You're going to be hot for two today. and a half hours. There was, like, way too many people I knew going to theaters. I was like, okay, is it good? Mm-hmm. Or is it, yeah. like, go to theater and get COVID good? And people were like, yes. I'm like, wow, that's high grade, <laughs> but I'm still happy to the theater. <laughs> I'm, that's I give it a Delta and an Omicron. Is, is it worth getting COVID for? That's the only rating system that matters to me right now. <laughs> so that I you give it a Delta know. and an Omicron. You're such a dork. Just to let you know, um, yeah. The Matrix Resurrection will be in theaters, but it will also be on HBO Max on the, yeah, on the so same day. You know, I love you, Mike. So if you want to, like, exactly, if you want to avoid the crowds, you can watch it, you know, at home safely, which I'm excited about. I actually started. Look better than ever. Like, the, the trailers have been ridiculous and the photo so shoots have been ridiculous. Why do they look better than ever? They look amazing. Oh, and I I'm gonna need so an explanation on story. what happened. But he did um Steve Colbert, I don't know if everybody has ever seen it, Stephen Colbert. He's like Stephen said, you know, what's up with the sad Keanu memes? And he's like, I don't know. I was just enjoying a sandwich. And I was thinking about <laughs> something that I was thinking about stuff because I was like having stuff going on in my life at that moment. And then they just caught me at a moment when I was eating a sandwich. Like, I don't understand what was going on. And he goes, I guess I'm memeable. I don't know. And it was just such a <laughs> real moment. I love Keanu Reeves. And it's been reported he is the nicest guy in Hollywood. If that man, if it comes out that he has sexual allegations 
I will cry. He's been my crush since like ninety. Not gonna happen. Not Keanu. Thank God. Like, no. Oh, thank God. I hope he never. He puts. He like holds his hand above them so he doesn't actually touch them. Yeah, so looks I like they're holding. That. But he doesn't touch them. Yes. He's so respectful. I saw a picture. It was like years ago. He had his hand hovering on like near someone's back, and I'm like, who invented this guy? He is like so. He's he's had the way so he much talks, tragedy. It's like it's like but, he's like. Oh just spouts like fortune cookie phrases. He's just like on another plane. Oh. Would you ever think Ted would be be such a I huge know. influence in pop culture? Like watching the Matrix, so I just got finished watching, I'm like, this movie holds up. And he even said, you know, when he was doing the interview with Steven, he's like, Yeah, Switch was supposed to be a trans character, but the audience wasn't ready for it back in 99, so she was kind of, like, non-binary, I guess. So I'm like, whoa! Wow. Um, love Keanu Reeves. And I loved him but, and Always um, Be My Maybe. That character he did. Oh, that was so funny. good. First of all, Ali Wong is amazing. I have a slight crush on Earth. Randall Park, and I don't know why. I just think uh, Randall Park Harry? is, like, the and cutest nice. thing ever. Did you guys see the interview? I was just like, why is this man attractive to me? He's playing a despicable person. But he's so attractive. I don't know. Did you see it, Joe? I want him at Denny to have a spinoff. What did you say? I want uh, Randall Park and Kat Dennings to have a spinoff, a Marvel spinoff TV series. Hmm. Because you know, they play like, uh, the detectives in WandaVision and Marvel. Oh, uh, he plays the detective in um, Ant Man. Yeah, he was. Oh, he deserves. So, God. I don't know what it is about that man. I'm just like, wow, he is, and he's not like like I typically like like I don't know, tall, kind of thick guys, and he's like not at all. He's like a dad. I don't know. He's yeah. Anyway, um. A while. Uh, so, said your moment in your shout out already or no? I think I finished. Well, you know, also my That's husband, fine. of course. He's my I everything. Like and he supports all my uh, crazy adventures. Yeah. Which aren't too, too crazy, though. Just to let you know, they're not too, too crazy. I mean, hello. He gets roped into a lot of my, like, productions. The poor guy. <laughs> That's awesome. As long as he's not this guy on the internet on on IG. So his wife is a um, makeup artist and hairstylist, and she. I'll send you guys a video. She literally does his hair and gives him baby hairs, and he just like looks at the camera and he's just like, "This is my life. Someone save me." I feel so bad because he's got this beautiful brown hair, and she puts like body waves in it. And she gave him a high ponytail once, and he's just, like, looking at the camera like, ah, it's so funny. And I picture, now that you say that, I picture Akio getting, like, a high pony for you and, and dress, or, like, wearing, like, long hair extensions and, and pretending to be Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker in a scene rehearsing with you. <laughs> That's what I picture now. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, 
Now you, just, now you just gave Veronica so many ideas. <laughs> I know. I, know. I never took it that far, eye. but I could. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um, what are you, so what are I your, also, um, mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to, uh, to both of you for, uh, for many wonderful episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed chatting with you both. It is... Uh, it is an incredibly fun experience to be able to just get out there and shoot the shit about, you know, any topic under the sun, but it's also um, that much more gratifying when it's, you know, people that you enjoy talking to. So um, thank you both for, uh, for making this an incredible experience for me. I'm not uh, as media savvy as the two of you put together or separately, um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to have, uh, to have been able to, uh, to participate with you guys and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we can continue these conversations and, and in some way, shape or form down the road. Um, yeah. I also have to give a shout out to, um, to my wife, you know, because regardless of, uh, you know, my, my crazy schedule in life and all this good stuff that, that I like to do for my own enjoyment and hopefully for, um, for other people's enjoyment as well. Um, you know, I'm sure she, she'd love to hang out. Maybe she doesn't, I don't know. Who knows? But either way, um, I certainly appreciate her, uh, her support in pretty much everything that I do. So that's always, uh, appreciated from her and, um, and, Thanks. Thank you. Um, and then for my Eva Mendez, my Eva Mendez moment is, is, is this finale. It really is. Um, uh-huh. It's been, it's been, um, it's been bittersweet kind of going through this yeah. as the last show, but, um, but I, I, I really did enjoy the ride and, um, and I'm, like I said, I'm incredibly humbled to have been able to, to participate with, with both of you. And I, you know, M, thank you so much for even asking me to, to be part of this. Um, you know, whether it was uh, intended to be a long-term fix or, or not, I, I always appreciate your friendship and, uh, and appreciate um, your inclusiveness in, in uh, allowing me to ramble on at times like now. Um, <laughs> but, um, but thank you. Thank you. And, and uh, I appreciate uh, the opportunity and I, and this was really an, an honor. All right. Um, well, that's I was going to say that, like, follow suit, I think my Eva Mendez moment was definitely thinking about how far I, well, getting that recording from Dallas and then thinking about what this show has brought. I mean, the people that I've interviewed, whenever I talk to somebody that's, like, even, like, a little bit famous, I talk to them just to be talking to them because I'm a fan. And so having some of them come on the show has been amazing and getting to know them. Consequently, having both of you on the show and getting to know you even more. And although I've known Joe since sixth grade, we really haven't had a ton of time to just like sit down and talk. And since February, we've been doing it every week. So getting to know him a little bit more has been amazing. Um, meeting Veronica on Forever in a Day, and then working with her on our future projects, that's going to be amazing. So, yeah, just 
getting to know you guys a little bit more than just like surface level has been an Eva Mendez moment onto itself. Um, I have to oh. say. And I want to give a shout out to Karma. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> shout just a piss that's, job. that's why you always go last. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my nephew, actually, because we went to the movies together, and he's just always up for anything. When I sat down in the wrong seat because I had planned on, like, cussing out the people next to us, he just went with it. He is just so laid back. He's such a good kid. Like... I just love that kid. He, he's like a brother, son, nephew, everything all rolled into one human being. And I just want to give him a little shout out and tell him that I love him. That is it. We're done. Wow. Holy shit. That's so sad. November 2013. I don't even remember the, the exact Sunday, but I was unemployed and... I saw something on Twitter, and I, I I answered it, and I came on this show. And now, wow, all these years later, crazy. And like Dallas said, time. I went through everything. Yeah, I was unemployed. I got a job. I moved twice. <laughs> um, I've had three cars. Um, <laughs> I've had a relationship. So I've come out. Time for this podcast. You moved on. Yeah. I'm, yes, I moved on um, gracefully, and yeah, I'm not even the same person I was back then. That's so crazy to think about, but funny enough, I'm back in the same house I was in at that point, though, but my situation's different. So it's a full circle moment. Um, yeah. Well, I will talk to both of you after the show, obviously, we got to we gotta gossip just a little bit. I know it's late, but um, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. And look for us on the flip side. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Get back to Get boosted. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.